This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Welcome to the GPL Podcast, episode number 125. Well, no Hammy this week. Hammy is in, I believe, San Antonio on business and could not make it tonight. But uh, as always, Vigo, you're here and uh, everything going well with you. Everything's going fantastic. Everything's great these days. Well, that's well. You're just happy because you now have you know the ice rink is open near you, and you can bring your kids outside and teach them how to skate, can't you? Yep, we have the shortest commute on the team now to the outdoor rink. It used to be somebody who's a block and a half away, but we have <laughs> we have overtaken them because we are right next door, so it's fun. Well, it's a fun time. Young kids learning how to skate, getting out in the cold. Boy, it's been a long time since I've even put on skates. So I don't know. We need to get a Rubes reunion going or something and have a game sometime just yeah to... I, I know there's a game in north oaks on saturday mornings that happens so if the yeah. timing ever is right with ice times that'd be a lot of fun yeah those guys get out every well we'll have to see i guess well back to the business at hand um finally minnesota gets a win against a, a quality minnesota team it didn't look so good you know starting the weekend you know they get a 5-2 loss saturday evening in st cloud and they come home and uh, one thing you've been talking about this entire season in a long time is, is effort. You know, you got to be willing to put in an effort. And I think, you know, even though St. Cloud was a pretty darn good team Sunday, um, Minnesota ended, ended up getting the two nothing win. So it kind of up and down weekend for effort. Don't you think? Very much. So it was almost like on Saturday, you know, that second period, they just kind of got off to a bad start that period. And from then on, they just mailed it in. And they were just kind of saving whatever they had for the next night. Because um, you saw them. They were slow retrieving pucks. Um, they weren't very disciplined getting through the neutral zone and getting the offensive zone and getting to work. You know, the first offensive chance that presented itself, they took whether or not there was a legit scoring chance or any traffic in front of the net. They took it. And then on Sunday, you saw the complete reverse of that. You saw defensemen hustling back on puck retrievals, snapping their head up moving the puck quickly. Um, you saw pace through the neutral zone. Uh, you know, it was a low-scoring game, but both teams were generating odd man rushes back and forth. I thought it was great hockey. Um, I think the difference was for Minnesota, they capitalized on a St. Cloud turnover, and, uh, you know, they were willing to block a few more shots. You know, going back to the Friday night game, uh, one thing that I noticed, I am not a strategy guy. I leave that to you and Hammy. Um, but one thing I did notice is that uh, – St. Cloud was not afraid to dump the puck in. And when they did, they chased the puck and got the puck. Um, no, and- I think they knew they had a little bit of a effort um, advantage there because Minnesota's defensive core this year has not shown the wherewithal to get back there, retrieve pucks quickly. And that's one of St. Cloud's strengths is getting in a hard forecheck. And that was what they were looking to do. Well, they, they certainly did it. I mean, if I can notice that, that means they were doing a good job of it. Uh, and then, like you said, it was a different. It was a different game, you know. Sunday, 
but let's let's stick to that game Friday, you know, they, or Saturday, I should say. Um, they they start out pretty well. They get that they get a nice goal by Smatula, get the early lead, and uh, it was looking pretty good um, at the beginning. Yeah, you know, when you're on the road, you want to have that first twenty minutes, and you almost just want to hold your ground. You know, you don't want to give away the game early, and Minnesota did that. You know, they they played pretty disciplined hockey. Um, the opening 20 minutes, they got lucky with the Smatula goal. Uh, for those who weren't at the game, uh, there was a basketball overtime game happening. So I think <laughs> a lot of people probably missed that. But according to Drew Cove and Nate Wells and yourself, they did get off to a very good start because you guys were all there. Yes, it was, it was a good start. And I, I didn't really know about the, the basketball either until uh... – uh, until actually after Spatula's goal, and you know, I mentioned it on Twitter, and someone's like, "Oh, wish I could have seen it." I'm like, "Uh oh, that doesn't sound good." Yeah, even the radio streaming uh, cut out because um, the radio stations were playing NFL games that day too. Oh so no! They, so they were blacking out the audio stream early, so <laughs> it was it was a bit of a mess if you weren't there. It's that darn uh, NCHC conference; they can't get things going straight. <laughs> it must be because you know. Actually, you know, I hadn't visited uh, St. Cloud since two thousand nine, but I decided to go up there and uh, Saturday and, and and participate in the game. And and I must say, you know, even though our team didn't win, I had a great time. It's fun to go on the road. It, you know, St. Cloud's a nice nice place to go to. You know, with their renovations and their arena. The atmosphere is good. Um, the parking is free, which I think is a bonus because <laughs> it's obviously not at Mariucci. Um, so, yeah, I had a great time. You know, like you said, Nate Wells was there and, and Drew Cove and even Declan was there and the whole gang was there. Um, um, I, I, I tried to see if you or Chris wanted to go, but uh, you guys you guys have family, so it's tougher for you to hit the road. So, Mm-hmm. But it was the start that they were looking for, you know. It, it was when you're on the road to get, and especially against St. Cloud, you know they're down uh, paling as well. So you know they're not at full strength. I think part of the issue for Minnesota is without Lindgren in the lineup and without Middlestat, you know they're losing their shutdown defenseman and they're losing their center who can just create so much offense. And then Tommy Novak also had that arm injury that he's picked up somewhere uh, that ended up in a cast. Uh, that hurts their depth too, because center is probably the most important position outside goaltending. And when you're down that guy, you know, all of a sudden you've got guys playing heavy minutes down the middle, you know, that probably impacted Tyler Sheehy's ability to contribute on Saturday because he had to take on more defensive responsibility. So I think as the game wore on, you know, those started to show a bigger influence. Well, let's talk about some of that. Cause you know, um, when I got to the arena, I saw the starting lineups, the lineups had Middlestead and Lindgren in the starting lineups. And, and yeah, it was, it, it, it actually, yeah, they, they were planning on playing them. Um, Paling wasn't going to play, but then, uh, right before, you know, you know, after warmups or something like that, I got another lineup sheet that didn't have them. And then we started looking around and lo and behold, none of their gear made it back from Buffalo. All three players in the national junior tournament, um, their gear didn't get back on time. And you know, Lucia did mention after the game that he thought it might have been a blessing in disguise because it kind of gave them an extra night off. But uh, that's a little goofy that they made it, but their gear didn't. Yeah, they were trying to get the gear shipped um, right to the arena, um, but it didn't get there in time. And at a certain point, Don Lucia said, you know, he just sent them home. Lindgren got back in time to watch the whole game and Middlestad apparently got home to watch the third period. But, you know, Cal Dietz has this thing called the Omega wave. And what it does is it reads your body's fatigue. 
And I'd mentioned on the podcast last week that, you know, I thought hook them up to that, see what kind of readings you get just so you have a third party, you know, viewpoint of it. And both guys checked out that they would have been good to go for Cal and Don. And so I think they could have probably played and it could have made a difference maybe um, because it might have brought more effort out of the team. But it didn't. And it did save them for Sunday, which is probably a big reason they won because it took a lot of effort on Sunday to now a lot, now, a lot of people on Twitter is like, don't they have replacement gear? Shouldn't they be prepared for something like this? And I keep thinking, you know, they might have certain gear, but um, it, it's just not the same. You're going to throw a kid in a different set of skates and, and all this other stuff. I, I don't think it's as simple as people think it is. Well, not when you expect it to get there. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know? well that too. I mean, that's and it's the not thing. like you it's keep like, backup skates they, for everybody. If they knew that it wasn't going to be there in time, they could have made some other plans, but – not a couple hours before a game. That's true. I mean, I'm guessing the equipment guy brings maybe a couple extra this and that. They might have an extra pair of gloves or an extra jersey and things like that for when they need them. But when it comes to the, the high-end stuff like you know the breezers and your skates and, and things like that, you're just not going to have that kind of extra equipment with you on any road trip. So that's just the way it goes folks you know and then like lucia says he was kind of glad that he didn't he kind of took that decision away he's like well good they're not going to play and we'll rest them up for sunday so <clears throat> yeah but i thought i thought st cloud played a great game uh it was a it was a rough introduction to high pace hockey for clayton phillips <laughs> it was he got, uh, he got uh, taken advantage of a couple times and you know he's a good skater but you know you just have to remember that all 12 forwards on the other team at this level are dangerous and he got caught out there with a, with a couple good ones and uh, learned from it. All right. Well, Viggs, we got a bunch of questions um, via Twitter today, so I thought I'd go over a few of them if you don't mind. Oh, boy. Well, we got Jan Kendall's here saying, uh, do you think we should see Lucia make a change in goalies with Robson playing a whole weekend? So, obviously, Robson – Played wonderful Sunday on that two nothing win, and uh, you know I, I kept thinking, boy, maybe he should start this Friday against Michigan. And you know he played really well. He stopped. A, you know they had a lot of chances, but also the team in front of him played Beth different. But he played pretty well. Is this something you know Lucia might think about doing this weekend? Maybe start with uh, Robson on Friday night and then see how it goes. Well, funny enough for John, uh, Don Lucia mentioned today that having two goalies playing so well gives him a lot of options. And the first thing he said is we could give one guy one weekend and one guy the next weekend. So I think that's almost prepping everybody that Robson could get both games this weekend. And then uh, Shearhorn could get two games the next weekend. So I think that's very much something we could see. I don't think either goalie um, will sit that long. So I think if Robson were to get this weekend, I think Shearhorn would get a chance to play the next weekend they alternate back and forth again, but I think we could see that against Michigan because Michigan's kind of had Sherhorn's number the last couple of years, especially at Yost. I'm with you on that. I, I, I think that's a good way to go. I mean, maybe we see Robinson against Michigan, and then, you know, Sherhorn gets rewarded by playing at Madison Square Garden the next weekend against Michigan State. Yep. I, I mean, you know, we'll see that, and then, you know, it gives you something to weigh against who plays Notre Dame because that's, that's the big game on the schedule left. Yeah, I, I, like, I, like, I like your thinking there. Hopefully, we'll, maybe Lucia will do that. Um, well, let, let, before we go back to the questions, let's go back to that Sunday game. You know, um, tied game, you know, St. Cloud gets a, a goal in the second period. It's ruled too many men on the ice, and uh, 
it's kind of goofy. A lot of people on on the internet watching on TV didn't see it as well. When I went back and watched the replay, I noticed that uh, the replay on TV was a little bit different than what it was in the arena. The arena they had a nice wide shot that showed it much better. Um, good call or bad call, Vix, on that goal that would have given a St. Cloud one nothing lead. Well, it certainly took long enough to get there. <laughs> it did, but but there's too many Huskies on the ice on that play. It's been something that I know has been brought up at least in the Big Ten, probably across college hockey. Is you know you can't come onto the ice and join a rush and contribute to a scoring play. You got to wait for that guy to get to the bench. Um, I know that there was a video around that had Penn State, Wisconsin doing this to Minnesota. Where you've got somebody coming at the you know the end of the bench on the blue line, there's somebody jumping off at the far red, you know, to join the play, and uh, it was pretty clear on the replay that they showed in the arena that that's what they did. Um, took a long time, but they made the right call. Uh, I almost wonder if someone at FSN is a Husky grad. That's why they <laughs> didn't show it on the TV. Well, because well they did have one a angle. St. Cloud grads who are in that industry. So. Yes, yeah, they they did show you know a couple angles where they just kind of counted and they showed it, but it was off scale. But I just recall the arena having a wider oh, shot from it higher was up. Clear as could be is probably the arena cam. You know, the high the high shot. Yeah, and and they don't have access to all those cameras either. Um, FSN only has so many inputs in their truck. Uh, that's why when you're in the arena, you'll see the uh, the penalty box cam from inside the penalty box. And FSN doesn't have those. They don't have those angles. They don't have the inputs to be able to get those angles. So they always run a the cameraman who's usually in the corner all the way down to the penalty box to get video because they can't pick up the internal feed that shows the players in the box. So FSN doesn't have all the angles, folks, whereas the uh, the, the replay officials have all the internal arena, and I believe they get the FSN feed stuff too, so they can go to anything they want. And uh, when, the, when the crowd really reacted, because the crowd got to see that wide shot, and the people on TV didn't get to see it. So you know, I tried to mention that on Monday when, when that happened because you know, I, I distinctly remember that wide shot, and you know, people on TV were really complaining, oh, this happens all the time, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, folks. Well, too, too many. Even Mots- even Moscow agreed in the post game that you know it was the right call. He didn't like it. Took as long as it did, but at the same point, he wouldn't want that call to go against him at the end of the year. You know, if he's in a, a regional and there's a team that gets an early line change to get a goal, he would hate to see their season end on a goal like that. So he uh, swallowed his pride on that one. So we moved to the third, and we've got uh, somebody we've talked about recently, famous number 26 is that don't score, and he ended up scoring. Darian Romanko gives the Gophers uh, the lead. Yeah, he uh, picked off uh, Jay Cox under pressure and picked the corner like a goal scorer. He, he said <laughs> in the post game that he, was just, he just knew he was going to shoot on the right side, um, and uh, he, he picked one very nicely and got his fourth career goal, and and that was enough because uh, Minnesota really bared down after that. Uh, they blocked 10 shots in the third period, including a bunch of them at the end. Uh, Ryan Lindgren had four blocks in that game. I think a bunch of them came at the end of the game. Um, it was a good performance out of them. And I think that video review gave the boost to the arena, to the fans, and to the Gophers and kind of picked up their energy. And really it comes back to what you've been talking about all this time, effort. Putting well, an effort, effort in, doing in effort, doing the smart, making smart decisions. I mean, you've been talking about that for years, Viggs, and, and and the coaches have been talking about it. We hear about it every game. It's, you know, our effort. Our effort wasn't there. You know, I heard it Saturday night, you know, after the St. Cloud game. It was just a terrible effort. We just didn't have anything going. And then 
Sunday they had the effort and it paid off. And they need to learn that you give this kind of effort, it's going to pay off. You're going to be successful. And and the funny thing is, I still saw on Twitter, I still see on some message boards like Gopher Puck Live that people <laughs> are now complaining that they didn't gain the zone enough under possession. You know, they dumped the puck too often. They they were too cautious in their game. And it's like if you want to win these big games, if you want to win NCAA tournament games, sometimes this is the style you have to play. If you're going to play against a really talented team, this is sometimes what you have to do. Uh, and it was impressive to see them stick to it. You know, in the series against the in-state schools, they have not shown that kind of discipline. But they were able to execute it on Sunday, and that's that's why they ended that streak against St. Cloud and UMD. Well, hopefully they keep these efforts going. So um, We're going to get to more questions in a second here, but first we need to hear from our sponsor. VintageMNHockey.com is a proud sponsor of the GPL podcast. Well, what is Vintage MN Hockey? Well, it's kind of the place to get all of your history of Minnesota hockey, from the pros to the minors, the collegiate teams, to even the high school teams. All information about any of those teams can be found on VintageMNHockey.com. They also have great interviews with some historical Minnesota hockey figures like John Mayasich and Lou Nanny, Glenn Sonmore, some of the greats of Minnesota hockey. So make sure you check out those interviews. It's a really great thing. But as like I always say, I think my favorite part is the store. The store, you can buy a custom historical jersey from the Gophers or the Bulldogs or some of your favorite high school teams. And if you do make a purchase, just use the code GPL podcast, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your order. So make sure you visit VintageMNHockey.com and follow them on Twitter at VintageMNHockey. Okay, back to the Twitter questions. Remember, if you have a Twitter question for us, you can just use the hashtag GPL podcast anytime, you know, even if it's early, earlier in the week, we'll try to get back to it and try to read it. Um, or if you're listening live, you can uh, send us Twitter questions as well. Um, we've got Suffering Soda Fan here, Viggs. Does this season so far remind you of any past Gopher teams? Boy, nothing that I can remember. I've never seen a team like this that hasn't been able to score on the power play. And I haven't seen a team as disciplined with the puck. Uh, this is kind of an unusual style for, for gopher hockey. Uh, there aren't defensemen who routinely join the rush. Um, so it's pretty unique from a gopher hockey standpoint. It's almost more like a wild team from, from some aspects, you know, that a Jacques Lemaire wild team where they, where they manage the puck and get goal, good goaltending and a strong penalty kill. Boy, I, I thought there was a question. Uh, oh, here we go. Yeah, Tommy Everson wants to know, what do you think the Gophers should do to ignite their power play? Speaking of power play, it seems like their only play is to set up a sharp angle one-timer by the dots and too often resort to dump and chase on their zone entries. What can they do, Vix? Because the power play is just pathetic. Well, the zone entry is a lot. It's going to be determined by the penalty kill you're playing against. You know, if they're a real passive penalty kill that's that's holding the red line, blue line, you know, you're not going to be able to gain the zone as easily. And if you are, you're going to have to do that drop pass through the neutral zone and try to draw somebody out of their positioning. So uh, there's not a lot of choices really on that zone entry, what you're going to do, um, depending on who you're playing. In the zone, it's hard to know what they're going to do going forward. Um, Lucia keeps talking about, you know, put some guys in familiar spots, um, put some guys in different spots, you know, add Clayton Phillips. 
I think the best they've looked all season is when they had Middlestat and Pitlick on their off wings, you know, on in the corner working out. You know, yep. you can put Sheehy on the back door, and then you got to find you know somebody up top and maybe somebody in the middle, and just kind of run a true overload. It's not something that we've seen a lot of go for hockey. One reason you don't is because on the Olympic ice sheet, when you you know restrict yourself to you know, basically half the rink you know, you're giving away ice that you could use if you ran kind of the more traditional gopher umbrella, you know, three, two look. Um, but it's the positioning that made them look the most dangerous. You had Middlestat, Pitlick, um, Johnson, all looking comfortable, changing positions, creating two on ones, creating movement. And that's really when they look the best. So maybe they'll go back to that, but it's hard to tell. Um, back to John Candles. He wants to know, is there a program in college hockey that has been an Alabama like in college hockey? I'm, maybe a Boston college. Even I mean, when that, Boston college is doing it, they're not doing it like Alabama. No, they're not. I think, a, <laughs> I think a big reason is in college hockey, you know, you have that one game elimination tournament. So it's harder for the top team to always get to the championship game. I mean, even with Alabama, you know, they have, to lose probably at least two games to not make the playoff right now because of the history of success they show. You know, if you look back and just say who are the top two teams in college hockey at the end of the regular season and put them there, you could probably have an Alabama like situation. But in hockey, when you have to go through, you know, three goalies to even get there, it's a lot harder to do. It is. And there's obviously a lot of backroom dealing or something <laughs> that's going on in college football that makes it quite a bit different than college hockey. I mean, uh, you know, Alabama won it this year, but uh, they were right on the cusp of not even being in the fin- final four. So, I mean, there was a strong debate with them in Ohio State because, you know, Alabama didn't even get to their championship game for their conference. So, you know, is that something that you want on one of your four participants? We don't have to worry about that in college hockey. We've got the pairwise. You know, that determines who goes where. If the committee starts doing something funny with a quality win bonus or something, then you get your arms up in the air. But otherwise, it's pretty cut and dry, and then you just got to win and play play tough. Uncle Beardo wants to know any chance that all, that uh, 21's physical development will keep him out of the NHL longer than expected? I think Casey needs to develop more physically. I, I don't think he does. <laughs> well, the, the one thing that would help him is probably just – putting on a little more weight to protect himself. Okay. Because okay. when, when he gets to the upper levels, you know, it's going to be even more physical. You know, that nanny hit that was a penalty on Sunday is not a penalty in the NHL. You know, he's going to have to be able to take those hits. And, you know, he's a guy who probably hasn't, you know, put in a ton of weight room time because he hasn't valued it to this point. It's probably something he needs to accomplish at some point, And playing college hockey is the best way to do it. Um, the other aspect of his game is probably, you know, face-offs. He's not great in the in the dot right now, and I'd have a hard time seeing him playing center in the NHL. I bet he looked great on the power play. I bet he looked great on the rush, but I don't think he's ready to to go right to the NHL. I talked to somebody, and you know, when you get to the NHL and you hop over the boards, it's not Smirnoff and Sturts hopping off the other side. It's Crosby and Malkin. <laughs> it's a it's a big difference. So Buffalo's not in a great spot right now. Um, they just had a big fight between uh, um, Vander Kane and uh, one of their defensemen. 
Oh boy, that's so, not good. <laughs> so things aren't going well there either. They've lost 10 in a row. Um, I don't think it would hurt him to stay another year, but it could hurt him to leave too early. We'll just have to wait and see. You know, Hapke was kind of Tim Hapke who asked questions often. He's asking something similar. Um, he asked about Casey. He's wondering about Lindgren possibly turning pro about after this year. You know, I almost think Lindgren would be better for the pro game right away than Casey would be just because of the style of game he plays. But again, I don't think it hurts him to stay. Um, and he's a pretty young guy too. He's, you know, pretty much right out of high school into college hockey. So he's, he's a young player. <laughs> Dennis Nelson wants to know, can we get an organ installed for when the band is uh, missing? He misses the Met Center sounds. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. I, I like the college hockey atmosphere. So why not get an organ in there and spice it up even more? Unfortunately, I think that, uh, that ship has sailed. You know, they've gone to the in-house music and, uh, I think we're going to be stuck with it. You know, I, you know, we talked to you know, Frank and Doug, or not Frank and Doug, Frank and Wally, how they loved the Michigan atmosphere, how there is no pump type in music. It's just the band. Um, Minnesota got away with that, got, got away from that in the last 10 years, and it's pretty sad because now all that pumped in, I, it's like they're trying to make an NHL atmosphere, and the fans don't want that kind of atmosphere. Well, I think right now you have an administration that's open to ideas. If you have, <laughs> if you have ideas that will get 10,000 people in the building excited and loud uh, and it works, they will go to it. I think they're, they're open for ideas. That's why they have a fan advisory board. I talked to somebody on that this week. I'm talking to their marketing person later this week. You know, they're, they're open for ideas from their season ticket holders and um, past season ticket holders. So if you're a fan and you have ideas and want to have your voice heard, email Mark Coyle. Email the marketing people. Um, they want to hear from you. They want actionable data to make decisions on. Looks like you had a little bit more time with Coyle this weekend on Sunday, did you? Yeah, a little bit. He was at the game on a Sunday talking to a bunch of the media members. So, you know, he's he's a guy who was here when the hockey program was humming. Yes. And, um, he understands that that something needs to change to energize the program a little bit. Um, so he's, he's looking for it to be a little more successful and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Coyle's definitely there. I mean, we see him several times a year. Last year he was there a lot. He'll be, he'll go to the post game interviews and watch the players uh, talk to the media. He's, he's involved. Never saw Norwood Teague once. Um, and if you go before that, um, Joel Maturi still hangs around Minnesota. He's still at the game. So, uh, some people care. Some people are at the game. Some people are not. Uh, um, one thing, you know, you talked about, you know, the marketing and whatnot. Uh, we're starting to see television commercials for tickets. We're starting to hear radio ads. On uh, I, Some people heard it uh, on K102, you know, come get your tickets for Gopher Hockey. That's something we would have never heard 10, 15 years ago, Viggs. Yeah, and I think you're going to see something happen with their ticketing to make it a little more you know, kind of like a flash seats that the Timberwolves do on your mobile phone, you know, to make it easier to transfer seats, to resale um, of tickets, you know, that whole process. I think you're going to see some changes coming to that stuff because they would like to have more atmosphere in the building, and he truly cares about that. Well, let's hope so because, well, well we've, we've said, you know, winning does help some of that. Um, but, uh, yeah, boy, you're playing an in-state school. In school who was a number one team in the country. 
And I want to say the scan tickets was still in the 6,000 range on Sunday. Yeah, they didn't even sell 8,000 tickets for this one. Oh, boy. Which is pretty amazing. I, we've talked about it. We, we've we, we've talked about it for a while now. We, you know, we're 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 kind of out of suggestions. I think you know they need to try something, or we we've suggested things, but it's nothing's changing. And, and you know, a lot of times, what people say, hey, you know, Lucia is a good coach, but maybe they do need to do a change at the top just to reinvigorate the program. Whether if he's doing well or not, or if he's done well in the past, it may end up coming down to something like that, Biggs. Yeah, I I think time will tell what's going to happen next year. I think they're they're looking at everything, uh, but you know the move to the Big Ten and the scholarship seeding happening at the same time and reseeding the lower bowl, you know that was just that was just a big mess for everybody. Um, and so, as uh, Mark Coyle fi- fond of saying, he gave everyone a reason to cut him, and so now he's got to win them back. And, and you know they 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 might be talking to the current season ticket holders and people coming to the games. But uh, I believe you mentioned uh, in the past that maybe they should be talking to people who gave up their season tickets, who no longer are coming um, because there's thousands of those people who have uh, given up their tickets. They should be talking to them and saying, uh, what can we do differently? Yeah. But I think that's something you'll see here in the off season when they, when they get on their season ticket drive again. So they're going to reach out to those people and, and try to find out why they, aren't buying tickets anymore and what would bring them back. All right. Well, we've got the Michigan Wolverines coming in this weekend. Um, earlier this season, Minnesota had great starts against this team. Got up, what, three or four goals. Lost one night and tied the next night. Uh, disappointing finishes. Uh, demons for Eric Shearhorn at Yost Arena. But uh, those games started well. Finished terribly, Viggs. Yeah, it was just one of those uh, situations where you left the stake on the table and the players just went after it. You know, they just started turning pucks over, taking undisciplined penalties, and they just did all the things that that this team has done in like those in-state rival games to to put them behind. And this is the only weekend all season that they've done that, which is kind of surprising. You know, they've been pretty disciplined the rest of the year, but it was just something about that. That those two nights in Yost that they couldn't stop stop it. You know, it was hard to watch because it was just the mistakes were so clear and glaring. Yeah, well, now the the Wolverines come to Michigan, come to Minnesota this weekend. Oh, Friday, Saturday games, all the games are on FSN Plus this weekend. Um, Red Berenson's gone, so something new. Mel Pearson's now running the show there at Michigan. We all kind of thought that was going to happen. Um, and uh, now he gets his first taste of uh, Minnesota. I don't was he coach at uh, Tech for a while, but I don't think they ever made a trip when he was coach there. What is, was he? Yeah, I don't think Tech made a trip here uh, while he was he there. Been, yeah, he would have been made here for Michigan. Of trips when he was with Michigan. Yeah, he would made trips to Michigan. So, so I what can we expect this way? I mean, you know, we know we can score in Michigan. We didn't have too many troubles scoring. You know, when we're at Yost, it's just going to be that effort of closing them down, isn't it? Yeah, it's just being smart with the puck. You know, this is a team that hasn't gotten very good goaltending all year. I think their save percentage as a team is right around that 900 mark. So this is a team that Minnesota should just be able to play their game, play sound, you know, try to possess the puck a little bit more, uh, limit mistakes, and they should be able to come out on top. 
Um, Notre Dame only needed two goals each night to, to beat Michigan because they play that style. You know, they kind of sit back and wait for you to make mistakes and they capitalize on them. And Michigan's shown that they're a team that will make mistakes. Yeah, and really the goal right now is just getting points and just winning. I mean, you're not going to win the Big Ten. That's done. Mich- uh, oh, I should say uh, Notre Dame has got it locked up. They're not going to – I really doubt they're going to lose that. Um, and really right now, you know, you're three games above 500. It's just getting wins right now and not maybe worrying so much about the standings and trying to catch somebody. Even Don said today that for the second half, they've pretty much given away the title to Notre Dame as a league. And so now they're they're playing for a, a home seed in that opening weekend of the Big Ten playoffs and maybe you know getting an easier game to get to the final. Uh, it looks like the Big Ten final is going to be at uh, Compton Family Ice Arena. So everybody's just playing to, to, to play that last game there. I mean, right now they're tied with Wisconsin for fourth place. Penn State and Ohio State are ahead of them. You know, Ohio State comes here, and I believe we still need to go to Penn State. And Notre Dame's coming here in uh, three weeks or something like that. So uh, they could put a dent. I, I, I think, to, boy, I think second place is not out of the question, Viggs. No, everybody plays everybody another time here. It's just you flip your home and road um, location for the game. So they've got room to make a run here and, and get to that position. I think they're in great shape for the pairwise right now. You know, they have so many wins against teams that are doing well. Um, the Clarkson sweep, um, splits with uh, St. Cloud and um, North Dakota. Uh, you know, they'll get a chance here at Notre Dame here. They'll get a chance at Ohio State, who's fifth in the pairwise. You know, there's some good teams to play. Penn State's 12th in the pairwise. Um, so they're going to be in a very good spot. They could be playing, you know, maybe to get themselves into a top four still for a pairwise position, a number one seed somewhere, and that would probably keep them out of Sioux Falls, which might be a good <laughs> thing right now because it could be, you know, St. Cloud and North Dakota are going to be in that region. Oh, boy. And that makes for a tough out to get to St. Paul. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> so <laughs> Minnesota either wants to get into that top four or, Maybe try to get to, to five so they can avoid, you know, St. Cloud, Notre Dame, and uh, North Dakota. Well, I'm thinking regardless of, you know, where Minnesota finishes or in the Big Ten, I think this game is – this series is more important about just getting wins. So I'm going with a sweep. They need to get a sweep. I mean, none of this, you know, split crap. Uh, they need to get a, a sweep this weekend. They need to show that they're better than these teams and uh, – because Michigan's, you know, second to last place. They're 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 not great this year. I think they've they've got three Big Ten wins themselves. I mean, it's time to uh, uh, to show that you can be a good team. Otherwise, you know, you're going to keep people saying, "Oh, fire Lucia. He can't play. He can't win anymore." Um, really, this is a good chance for the for the the team to kind of shut people up if they can just start putting together some wins here. Yeah, this definitely feels like a, a weekend Minnesota should sweep, and and that's what I'm expecting. Now, the one thing I'm worried about, Casey Middlestat, not only is fatigued from the World Juniors, but he missed uh, two days of practice this week with um, an illness. <clears throat> so he's been held out. You know, They need him, I think, to kind of get their power play kick started. In a weekend against Michigan, you might need a power play goal or two. So that's, that's my only fear is that they, they make a couple mistakes. Michigan does have offensive talent to take advantage of those mistakes. We saw it happen last time they played. So 
I'm kind of hedging my bet here. I think they'll sweep. <laughs> they should sweep. But Michigan's the kind of team that can score enough goals to, to get one out of you. Now, Tom says a good point here via the Mixler chat window. He says that uh, Pearson must have been at Tech because uh, didn't uh, Bill McCult and Mr. Patoni get in a little bickering match across the benches? And wasn't uh, McCult uh, Pearson's uh, assistant coach at the time? Do you remember that? Could, could be. I remember the McCult and I remember Patoni the McCult thing, said, too. But... I, I I don't remember. He's looking up the year, apparently, <laughs> when it happened. Yeah, I definitely remember the, the McCult-Patoni thing uh, oh, across the benches there. Uh, that that was entertaining. So, Viggs, uh, media day, what did, what, did we, what did we hear from uh, Lucia and the gang at uh, for audio today that we'll put on the end of the podcast? Well, you'll get uh, Lucia talking a little bit about uh, his goaltending situation that he has and, and what he wants to do there. Uh, he'll talk a little bit about the power play and his, his thoughts there. You know, they need to get more one-timers, and they, they need to find the right spots. And it's hard to do that when you don't have Casey Middlestat, who's obviously going to be on your top unit. Um, we also talked a lot about Ryan Lindgren and you know what a battler he is and what a big difference he made on Sunday's game. Uh, you'll hear from Lindgren himself talk about that, uh, a little bit about World Juniors, and then you'll hear from the two goalies. Uh, so you hear from both uh, Robson and Shearhorn ahead of this weekend. Now, boy, I had another thought in my head that just lost it. <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs> oh, I know what I was going to say. Uh, what do you got coming up for the, the uh, for your other writing gig? Uh, next piece for the, the athletic. athletic will be Sorry, on, just uh, Ryan, blanked. Ryan Lindgren. Uh, so that's coming up here soon, and then eventually here we'll we'll get a state of the program article on there. That'll talk a little bit about attendance issues, uh, revenues, um, contract situations, and things that the athletic department uh, wants to do with the program and, and kind of the future. So that, that'll be out sometime this month. Okay, remember, you know, just go by the athletic people. You're going to get a lot of hockey coverage and a lot of other sports coverage. Um, but uh, you're going to get the, the you're going to get uh, Viggs here. You're going to get Russo on the NHL side. You're going to get, uh, you know, you get a, get a bunch of stuff. So, yeah, if you're a hockey fan, it's it's probably the best value out there because they have so much media in Canada covering the game, and they've got so much prospect coverage. Uh, they're going to be coming up with their uh, top fifty prospects here pretty soon, um, so you'll be able to see all these feature stories on the future stars of the NHL. Um, we'll have a bunch of Hockey Day Minnesota stuff coming up here um, when it's in St. Cloud. So, a lot of great coverage there. So, I highly recommend it. And one thing, if people didn't notice, is that the, the Star Tribune actually did assign somebody to cover the games. We've got Randy Johnson, who's covered Gopher football over there, covering the games. Now he was actually at St. Cloud. He was at the game on Sunday at Mariucci. So it looks like they've got someone also covering the games as well. He he was at availability today, and he'll probably be having a feature on Matt Robson this weekend, based on my uh, intuition of reporters asking questions. <laughs> Well, there you go. Anything else, Figs? Uh, no, it should be a good weekend. Uh, Quinn Hughes didn't have the best World Junior. Uh, for, for, you know, the Michigan player who's defenseman. He's a, such a dynamic skater. He's maybe a little undersized, and uh, he didn't quite find his step there at the World Junior. He even played forward in the bronze medal game, which was interesting. Oh, okay. Um, but he's he's a, probably a first round talent for the draft this summer. Um, so he's young. 
that's the big thing with him. But he'll be a player to watch this weekend. There you go. Well, hopefully it's a nice sweep for the Gophers because uh, Mary H. could use a good sweep of Michigan. It always feels good to beat Michigan. So, And remember, $15 standing room tickets. I have a good feeling there will be some seats available. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to push that on Twitter myself. You know, People, you're not going to get those standing room tickets online, so don't even try. Just head down there, find a parking spot, go to the ticket office, and buy a standing room t- ticket and sit wherever the heck you want. Well, my advice is also to log on to the ticket site when you get to the game and look for to buy seats and see which seats are empty and go sit in those. There you go. You're the smart guy, Viggs. There you go. <laughs> Remember, you can follow Viggs on Twitter at EVigo and at Hammy Hockey. He'll probably be back with us next week. He's on vacation. But uh, we'll be back next week, and we'll recap the series with Michigan. And then start talking about Michigan State, you know, and Got an early game with Michigan State next uh, next week and then a game at Madison Square Garden. Until then, thanks for listening. Well, uh, it's time to get back after it, right? Uh, the non-conference games are over. Uh, now it's just Big Ten play the rest of the year. And, you know, because of what we did uh, the, the last few series of the, of the, seat, of the uh, first half, you know, we put ourselves in a bit of a hole. Now we, ha- we have to try to climb out of that hole. Um, I think we've practiced well. Um, you know, Ryan's back in. You know, Casey's been out this week. We, we were going to give him a couple days off, but then he got sick. So... But he, we, he's feeling a lot better today, and, and he'll practice tomorrow. Um, and then we can, you know, have that continuity in our lineup. Hopefully, Tommy won't be out too long. Um, in another week or, or two, he should be able to hopefully be back. Um, and then we can hopefully set lines and set, you know, how we want to play from here on out. What do you kind of want to see from your team this return to Big Ten in those last 12 games? Well, I, I think a couple things, obviously. You know, our power play has to improve. You know, we've we've move some guys around and you know we've actually looked since Christmas pretty good in practice it hasn't necessarily translated in the games and um, and hopefully we can translate that, that into the games now it hasn't helped that you know Casey's a key guy and he really hasn't practiced at all or not practicing this week and then he gets thrown into it but you know we've kind of moved some guys around and you know see if we can find better fits in some different areas of the ice um, and, and start to generate more. And with that hand-in-hand hand is that the five-on-five five offensive part of it, too, that uh, we can consistently, you know, get to three on a given night. Uh, we've talked, you know, for the most part, our goaltending has been solid. For the most part, our penalty kills really improved since the first month. Um, we've cut our goals against down uh, by a half, I think, from last year. But it's those offensive numbers that have to, you know, improve if we're going to take another step. How did you come across Matt, Matt Robinson in the recruiting process? Uh... He was out in um, uh, Penticton, and uh, you know I, I know Fred and and uh, coach there, and you know we talked, and you know he thought he was a really good goaltender. He, he made the comment he thinks he's the best one he's had, you know, since he's been at Penticton, and uh, so we went through the recruiting process, and you know I think it was I think he was flying back from visit somewhere else, and he got stuck in Minneapolis, and so we got him to come to campus, 
and uh, take a look, and then we brought him back. I mean, that was just real brief to meet him, and then um, and then uh, he came back in for his official visit and uh, liked everything that he had seen, and you know, uh, wanted to play in a you know in a big program, and uh, I went I went and watched him at the end of the year in the. Uh, um, Western Regionals for the for the uh, Canadian playoffs and uh, in Penticton and he was really good. I think he had three or four straight elimination games and they weren't a high scoring team. I mean they were winning the games two to one and you know kind of how it was for us on uh, on Sunday night. But I just he, he you know he plays such a quiet game. He's steady. You know he he never gets too rattled um, and uh, I think he's shown that in the three starts he's had so far. You starting him uh, Friday. Saturday. You know we don't know what we're going to do yet. Uh, old adage, don't make a decision until you have to, but I think that right now we feel that we have two good goalies that can play, and uh, it's nice to be in a situation where they can push each other, um, and, and uh, you know, if somebody gets hot, then we may ride them for a while, and then, you know, kind of go back and forth, so we're not necessarily in a situation where we'll split every weekend, and somebody might play a weekend, somebody else might play the next weekend, so um, it'll be kind of from here on out more, uh, you know, merit-based like, like it is for everybody, but it just it gives us uh, a little bit more at ease that you know, you know, in, in years past when Eric would hit a rough stretch that you know he still had to keep battling and, and fight, um, and uh, now we know that you know if we continue to split that you know they got to concentrate in the one game and, and and just play well in the one game and you know turn it over to the next guy the the, the next night. Have you seen a difference in Eric? Is it too early to tell on? His attitude going in. No, his, Eric's got a great attitude. I mean, he's such a team guy. The players love him, so uh, I don't worry about that at all. You know, it's 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 nice to know that uh, at times you can ease somebody's workload. I know that was always a concern we had. You know, even the first half, we didn't have an off week, and that was a grind. The, the first half, and I thought he, I thought he handled it pretty well. I mean, you look at the first half, other than you know the Michigan weekend, you know he played very well uh, the first half, and you know gave us opportunities to win games and. And I know they'll continue to do that. So, you know, we, we, we just have to, you know, get better in some areas. We have to get better on, you know, in the offensive zone of keeping possession. And, and you know, we can learn some things out of St. Cloud, how they flooded the area and, and, and uh, did a nice job in the offensive zone and recover pucks. And, you know, so we're, we're working on it. And uh, we're in the back third. So the next, we, we got a six game segment and then a week off and then another six game segment. So, Kind of like the way it plays itself out now within the Big Ten, um, as we've talked about. You know, uh, Notre Dame's won the league. You know, now it's that battle for for home ice in that first round, and you know, we've got another, another, a lot of teams that are pretty pretty close together. But it's all going to be about winning games from here on out. You came in. We were talking to uh, Ryan about his um, address, emotional address to the team on, on Sunday. Can you elaborate? A well, it wasn't. I mean, I just. It, it, it was more about um, you know after we we watched the video on Sunday morning. I just you know, Ryan, you did you get a chance to watch the game? Yeah, and he just gave us a couple sentences and what he thought, and you know Casey kind of echoed it. And I think he only saw the third period, um, and uh, but I think you know the way Ryan plays the game. You know he's such a he's such a soldier. I mean he, the old adage if if you're in a foxhole, I mean you want Ryan Lindgren right there with you because you got a better chance to. To make it out, and uh, getting him back in, and you know just the way he plays, and eat a puck, and plays heavy defensive minutes, and he's not one of those guys that gets the limelight. You know, he's not a guy that's you know leading the charge offensively, but 
he is the guy that we need to play, you know, 24 minutes, 23 minutes a night, the heavy minutes. When I say, you know, he's not getting four minutes a night on the power play, he's getting a lot of penalty kill minutes. He's getting a lot of matchups against other people's best players. And when you're ahead by a goal late, you know, I mean, there's no doubt he's going to eat a puck. I mean, that's just who he is. And that's why he's a captain as a sophomore. Send any texts to your family after the St. Cloud game on Sunday? Uh, no, I mean, I talked to Charlie a little bit before. Um, I talked to him yesterday, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously excited that we, uh, that at least I won. I don't know if you're excited that the Gophers won, but uh, yeah, he's, he's happy that uh, we won. And uh, there's always a little, little rivalry there, which is fun. He's got an M on his mask, right? Yeah, he does. Do you get a lot of flack for that from his St. Cloud? Not that I know teammates? of. Uh, I think it's pretty small on the back, so I don't know if a lot of people see it, but uh, no, not that I know of. What kind of confidence did you guys take out of that St. Cloud save on Sunday? Yeah, it was huge. It was a really big, uh, really big win for us. Um, obviously, uh, I didn't play Saturday night, but it, I mean, it didn't look like we played very good at all. Looked like I was watching at home from the TV and uh, just didn't look very good. Looked like we were chasing most most of the game. So uh, that Sunday game, we had a lot of guys, you know, doing whatever it took to to win. And those are games you need to, to win later later in the season. So uh, so it was big for us. I mean, obviously Robson played great. Um, I think our whole team as a defensive unit played played really well, and you know we got some big goals. You know, Romanko getting one was big for us. So so you know, all in all, I think it was a great team effort, and it was uh, hopefully something we can build off. Of. What was your timeline on that Saturday? Where were you going in expecting to play before the equipment? Yeah, me and Casey were uh, expected to play, and then uh, our uh, gear didn't didn't show up, and then uh, it was supposed to get shipped uh, to uh, St. Cloud, and just never showed up, and we got it uh, in Rangers Sunday morning. What time did you find out that you weren't, or did you find out the equipment wasn't there? Uh, Coach Lucia kind of said that if it wasn't going to show up uh, at like a certain time, we were going to just kind of pull the plug on the whole thing, and. Uh, that time eventually came and we never heard anything, so uh, we just went back home and, and watched the game on TV. Don said that um, <clears throat> Cal took a, a reading of your fatigue level, you know, you were ready to go. What, what, what was that like and how did it compare to your normal readings? Uh, you know, I'm not really sure. Uh, Cal does something with like an Omega and just hooks it up to your forehead and, and your hand. Um, you just lay there for 10 minutes, so I didn't like see what the results were, he just said that. Uh, we were both ready to go, so that's all I needed to hear. And, and, uh, and they told Lucia, and so we were ready to go. Do some special breathing to try to pass the test? No, no. I mean, <laughs> honestly, you just lay on your back, and you just kind of close your eyes, and it just, uh, I, re I really don't know what it, what exactly it says. And what all he said is we're good after 10 minutes, so that's all. That's, that's about it. What did you take out of your old juniors experience? It was unbelievable. Uh, you know, obviously, coming back. Uh, from last year and winning the gold, um, you know, I, I was assistant captain there. So, uh, you know, I was kind of looked at, you know, as a leader and as a guy who's been through it before. And, you know, we had such an unbelievable group. Um, you know, it was really easy for us to, you know, come together and, uh, you know, allow us to play together before. But, uh, but that, that whole tournament is just so fun in general. Um, you know, obviously losing the Slovaks hurt us a lot. Um, and then that game against Sweden was tough as well. But, uh, you know, we were able to bounce back and get that bronze medal. and. You know, it was three straight uh, medals for the U.S., which he's never done before. So that's uh, that was really special, and it was just—I mean, it was great. And obviously, the way Casey played, he was unbelievable. So it was great watching him uh, do as good as he did, and, and uh, it was just—it was—it was a ton of fun. What do you see out of Michigan? You guys owe him a couple. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, those those uh, 
That weekend we had with them earlier was probably the craziest hockey games I've ever been a part of, being up 3-0, half through a game, and then 4-0. And uh, ended up losing the first night and winning a shoot on the second. But, uh, but they're a good team. They're a really good team. And um, you know, one of my best friends, uh, Will Locke, was on a world junior team, too. He ended up uh, hurting his shoulder. So he's going to be, I think he's out the rest of the season now. So, um, you know, that hurts Michigan a lot. But besides that, they have a lot of tremendous players. Um, you know, a couple other kids on that world junior team, that Norris and Hughes, are, they're great hockey players, so we got to be ready to go. Ben said you were pretty vocal with the team on Sunday morning. What was kind of your message to them and, and what made you decide to speak up? Yeah, I mean, just, uh, you know, before Christmas break was, uh, it was just a really tough time for us, um, you know, getting swept at Ohio State and, and uh, I think Notre Dame, we, we got swept there too, obviously, that was a couple weeks before, but it, it just wasn't going very good for us and, and uh, you know, and then I even heard against Army, we, we didn't play that great and then that St. Cloud game was, I mean, it was, it was tough, it was, it was embarrassing you know, to watch and it was just, uh, so when Don asked me that uh, the next morning at video, I thought I'd, you know, express, you know, how I felt and, uh, because I know we got such a great team in there with, with a bunch of great players, so I mean we got to expect more, more out of each other, and um, you know that, that that game just looked like you know we, we didn't really care, and there wasn't a lot of uh, a lot of heart in that game, so you know that's something we got to change, and, and we did Sunday, so um, you know hopefully we keep doing that moving forward, and I think we will. Uh, Michigan this weekend, <laughs> uh, revenge time. Is you yeah, doing? yeah, definitely. Um, uh, we played well against them in our building last uh, this time last year, and uh, that's that's kind of when we started to go. So I think that's what we're looking for too, building off a, a good win last Sunday, um, and the, we need to start stringing some together here. So you know, whether it's revenge or just getting our team uh, going in general, we're looking to start stringing a few together. Uh, you've known Matt Robson longer than we have, given that he practiced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's it mean to you to have him on the team? Oh, it's good. I mean, uh, you always welcome competition and, you know, another guy that's we're going to push each other and uh, he's a good guy and a good person. Um, I mean, and that's that's really all there is to it is and he works hard every day and, you know, we like having him. Do you get trade tips, secrets, techniques at all? Um, I don't know about tips, secrets, but sometimes, you know, there'll be, hey, on this play, what, what do you like to do here? Or what do you see here? And, and he kind of gives me my pers- uh, his perspective or I'll give him uh, my perspective. It's kind of like, you know, sharing information so you, so you know everything possible and, and then make the decision uh, on that play. So that's, you know, sharing information. Has it been an adjustment to sitting on the bench and watching games after, like, starting 90 yeah, yeah, it's different, um, but I think you learn some too sitting on the bench. Just uh, and Matt's about as calm as they get in the net, and so it, you you kind of realize even more so. You know, it, you don't have to move that much, and and you don't want to make it more difficult on yourself than it already is. Um, and, and so it's kind of nice to to kind of see it from that perspective. What was it like playing a team that was that aggressive at St. Cloud? Do you expect that on a Michigan team? Uh, yeah, Michigan. Uh, I mean, every year since I've been here, they they're not shy to take chances and they like odd man rushes and they they got some high-end skill so um you know maybe they're not producing like saint cloud but but they're capable of it second half hopes for this team over the last season too oh i mean uh it's just a little bit of everything we need to get our uh keep going on our penalty kill it's been good ever since the first couple weeks of the year um and keep bringing that goals against down it's it's been down um compared to past years but uh 
you know, if we do our part on the back end, good things will happen. Well, Matt, how'd you end up in Minnesota? The whole story. The whole story? Uh, it's kind of a long one, I guess. I kind of, I started off playing major junior when I was 16, you know, being in Toronto, they have a pretty big pull um, from that whole area. Um, so I ended up going to Peterborough. Two years injuries, just things just didn't sort of work out and then ended up getting traded back home from from their tier two team, which I started out in Lindsay for two years. Um, got traded back to the Patriots, ended up going to Clarkson. Um, wasn't the spot for me. Ended up going back to Penticton last year, and then obviously Minnesota found me out there. And um, obviously get, getting to play with Sam and hearing all the good things he has to say about Minnesota, and then um, being able to come down and see the facilities, it was kind of a no-brainer for me. Um, and obviously I'm pretty happy with my choice. So. What do you think the difference has been from prior to Toronto versus uh, years? Uh, I mean, like I've talked about in, in past interviews, I mean, Everyone at this level was kind of the guy back in junior. So, I mean, everyone could shoot, everyone could skate, everyone's bigger. Um, definitely traffic in front of the net from a goalie perspective. That's definitely, uh, that's definitely one of the biggest things in my, in my opinion. Your friends and family back home see much college hockey? Uh, unfortunately, they can't, um, they can't watch on the Big Ten Network because of um, something to do with like an American TV provider. Um, so we're trying to find a way around that. But I mean, they obviously, they stay up to date and they come down when they can. And, um, it's, so, it's always nice to have them in town, but I wish they could see more, for sure. A lot of games available on TSN Go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let them know. <laughs> so did you know much about the college game when you were growing up? I mean, it, option? yeah, for sure. I mean, my parents always kind of push it on me. Um, they know how important school is and education, and obviously, you know, your career is not going to last forever. Um, so it's always good to have something to fall back on. Um, but like I said, the OHL just has such a big pull um, in the Toronto area and seeing so many of my my teammates go that route. Um, I kind of just felt like that was the way I wanted to go as well. Um, fortunately for me, I was able to kind of, you know, take a step back, reevaluate the situation, and end up in a situation like Minnesota. Was it tough sitting out that first half of the season? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like at Clarkson, I had to sit out the full year as well. I ended up with a year and a half um, from the NCAA for, you know, being sanctioned for that major junior uh, contract. But yeah, I mean, like it's it's never easy for a player to sit out. You always want to be in net and. Um, I mean, now that now that it's over, I just want to you know move forward and focus on the second half of the season. How did you stay stressed out during that time? Uh, definitely helping the goalie coach and definitely the players. I mean, they're great, keeping um, keeping you into it and being like you know it's a good team around the locker room, so it's easy to come to the rink with a smile on your face, and that's that's one of the biggest things when you can't play. Um, and yeah, like I said, working with the goalie coach Andy. I mean, he did a great job with me for the first half, keeping me sharp and you know working on the basics, all that sort of stuff, and you know just having me ready to go. You know, that first half, did you watch the Michigan series uh, when they were there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't go on, on too many road trips first half, but I was definitely tuning into all the games um, with the guys who stayed behind, and um, we're excited to get them back this weekend. We definitely owe them one, and um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to playing them. What did you kind of see from there, given that it's a lot of goals from uh, Wolverines? Yeah, a lot, just a lot of shots from everywhere. Obviously, you got to be sharp uh, all around the zone. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Big Ten hockey. It's fast, it's skilled, and... Um, I'm just looking forward to you know getting back into it. You and Eric have split both weekends. What's it like sharing sharing the crease every every other night? Uh, I mean, like I said, as a competitor, you want to be in that all the time. But I mean, he's a great guy and he's a great teammate as well. So I mean, it's not it's not hard to cheer for him when he's in the net. And I mean, he's done a great job for the first half. And um, I just kind of hope to you know kind of keep that rolling when I get my shot. And um, yeah, just be a good teammate. What confidence you take out of that St. Cloud State setup? Uh, I mean, a lot. Um, it was definitely nice to get the first shutout and a big win against a good team like that. But um, like I said, you just got to look forward to the next uh, the next opponent. And, I mean, everyone's different. Every game's different. So you just kind of got to prepare yourself mentally and, and be ready to go.